My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today with a very exciting guest coming on the show today, Lane Kawawoka. You guys, he is a licensed professional civil industrial engineer. Today, he owns over 10,000 units, 2.1 billion in assets. He's also a writer for Forbes, top 50, in, he's, he's one of the top 50 investing podcasts, host and is also a 12 times Amazon bestselling author. You guys, you know me and I keep my intros very short. This way I can go ahead and allow the guests to elaborate. So welcome to the show, Lane. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me, Brittany. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Lane, do you mind taking us through a bit of your journey here and how you got to where you are today? Yeah. Um, so I think I kind of, I call this a linear path that at least a lot of my clients kind of walked where, you know, we're all taught to go to school, study hard, go to college and work a professional white collar job and you know, invest in the 401k traditional investments and buy a house to live in and then do that for 40, 50 years. And maybe you'll have enough for retirement. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I kind of did exactly that up until I started to buy rental properties um, I went to school to be an engineer, not because I really liked it, but it was a highest paid profession without having to go to more graduate school college. And I just started to work for the man and didn't really like it. Um, but I was really good and frugal with my money. And, you know, with you know, making a hundred K salary at the time, I just saved it all up to buy uh, rental properties and, you know, just one after another was kind of the story of, of starting Amazing. Well, thanks for kind of elaborating on it all. Now, you're so you're so you're so right. Honestly, like we're all taught to go to school, get a job, get married, settle down, that kind of thing, right? So let's talk a little bit about you know when investing. What should you start by investing in? Should uh, let's let's start there. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So in, in my new book, uh, the Wealth Elevator, you know that. I think that's that that was kind of the big thing in the book that I was trying to uncover was like based on where you're at, there's different paradigms to answer that question, right? Um, as I kind of mentioned in there, like there's the basement floor, right, where you don't make more than fifty, a hundred thousand dollars a year, or and you're really bad with your money. You know, some people just spend more than they make. They have a lot of credit card trouble. Um, mm. You know, those are definitely the people that we don't work with within our group, right? Like I think. Like a lot of, there's a lot of great blogs and podcasts on frugality and, you know, just keeping a, a personal financial budget. But, you know, I think when you're in that stage, 
most people need to make more money. You know, I'm not a big fan of college, as I mentioned earlier, but that was my way of, you know, getting paid a little bit more than the average or the median back then. Um, at that point, you know, you have more income, then your savings become a little bit more important so that you're able to save that money. Um, and then that kind of brings us into like, you know, most of our investors will start either on the first floor buying little rental properties where you're going to need $30,000 for a 20% down payment to buy a $100,000, $125,000 house. If you don't have $30,000, well, you know, I think that's where you need to work on saving more money or maybe work making more money. Um, but, you know, most of our clients today are accredited investors over a million dollars net worth. And, you know, they kind of start off not on the first floor buying little rentals. They skip over that and they kind of start on the path of, you know, going in as a passive limited partner into larger apartment syndications as uh, a you know, passive investor and diversifying the portfolio in real hard assets in that way. So I guess it depends, right? It depends on where you're at. Absolutely. So what would you suggest like investing in primary, secondary, um, tertiary markets? What would be the best as a starter? Yeah. I mean, if, if you're kind of starting, you got 30 grand and you've got pretty decent credit to go get a loan, um, because you're making, you know, making a decent, decent salary, fifty, sixty thousand dollars plus, then yeah, you, you know, you're on this first floor category, and you know that was me out of college, where I was just, you know, spent saving my money to buy little rental properties. And to answer your question specifically, where do you go and buy? Um, initially, I would buy in my backyard, which I lived in Seattle, Washington at the time. Very expensive place, um, a place where specifically. You know, just like California, the rent to value ratios don't make sense to buy rental properties in those areas. To elaborate on that more, you know, the rent to value ratio is uh, basically take the monthly rent divided by the purchase price. And you, you know, that's it's, it, you're looking for a ratio higher than 1%. So, okay. you know, a lot of these rental properties that people will target in more of these secondary and tertiary markets. Um, will be, you know, 1% or higher. So, you know, $1,000 a month on a $100,000 property, 1%. But yeah, you're not going to find any of that in primary markets, such as the whole state of California, Seattle, Portland, New York, Boston, you know, basically all the cool places you like to visit, right? And want to live, not the best place to invest for cash flow. And that kind of leads us to, well, where are the secondary and tertiary markets? Well, secondary markets are more places like Houston, Birmingham, Atlanta, Indianapolis, um, you know, kind of places like that. Um, on the next shelf over, your population quarter million and below, you know, places like Huntsville, Alabama, um, you know, Waco, Texas. I wouldn't necessarily um, recommend investing in those types of places because they just don't have good, robust economies um, or robust, uh, diverse job um, employers there. Um, but, so I would kind of say, we'll stick to a strong secondary market with, you know, at least half a million population. Interesting. Thank you for sharing a, a little bit in more depth in regards to that. Now, Lane, let's talk a little bit about your intentions behind the show, Simple Passive Cash Flow Podcast. What were the intentions when you started it and where is it at today? 
Yeah, so I started back in 2016 and it was, it started like a, you know, follow my journey type of podcast. And it still is today. Um, at that time, you know, I was still buying little rental properties myself as I was just on the verge of being an accredited investor and getting more involved in syndications and private placements. But I think that was like the key for me, like, you know, there was transparency there. Now everybody has a podcast, you know, who wants to raise capital for investments. And, you know, not only are there too many of them post 2019, 2020, when everybody jumped into it, into the bloody red ocean. But I think the listeners, they can see through and, and at least the transparency that when I started my podcast, like what it was for. Like it was essentially just to share my story, what mistakes I made along the way, what were the lessons learned. And, you know, initially we kind of started off just helping out new investors buy little rental properties remotely in secondary markets, just like how I did. But then obviously, you know, as I kind of changed as an investor, you know, my viewership also kind of grew with me. Interesting. Now, how does it tie into your business best? I mean, do you often get investors coming to you from there or, you know, clients for your coaching program? Yeah, I mean, as as far as like lead generation um, or, you know, or lead nurturing, I would say both. Um, not so much on the lead generation side. I, I mean, definitely get people who just listen to the podcast and, you know, want to join in our, you know, our mentorship groups or masterminds and get involved in the education, the free education that we have on the website. And then, you know, some people, they just want to invest their money with, you know, people that they've kind of, you know, built a relationship, um, even if it's a one-way relationship for, you know, the beginning part of the time. But Absolutely. I would say like the podcast really does a good job in like nurturing that relationship once people, you know, they either meet us, they come to one of our events and the podcast has been that really great way to just stay engaged and, you know, build that relationship, that trust over a long, long period of time. I mean, we've been doing the podcast bi-weekly for several years now. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not, we've got it down to a system now. It's not too much trouble, but man, is it like effective? Like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like these days, people traveling to work, you know, not many of us have like good friends that we chit chat every single day that, you know, the people that you hear on the podcast, on your daily commute every day, you know, you, you kind of get to know them pretty well. And I've, I mean, it, I'm kind of used to it now, but you know, 2016, 2018, meeting some of the people that I met that, you know, listen to the podcast was kind of very uncomfortable for me because a lot of these guys had heard all my personal stories and they knew some right. of the jokes and, um, you know, but not embraced it, but like, I mean, it's kind of, kind of weird, right? right? Like, well, honestly, like having a podcast, you build that credibility and authority as well. And, and really globally, right. And uh, your story and your, your, what you share is all also really relatable to you have no idea to who, right. Um, and I think that no like, and trust factor comes along with it as well, where people begin to trust you and then they reach out to you. And I mean, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I think it allows you to kind of play a different game um, a bit. Like, although it's, it is a, a, there is a huge luck factor, right. Getting traction. I mean, 
I kind of play in the financial space and there's like a conference out there like FinCon and there's thousands of bloggers that go to there and a lot of them that like I personally met have great content but nobody has ever seen the damn thing right. you know and, and it's really hard I think to get traction and you know maybe if I would have started it six months later I don't know if I would have gotten lucky to be honest interesting now you're in the top 50 for investing podcasts let's talk about that what what was it like getting to the top 50 I mean I think it just comes down to like you know you're not gonna have well at least in my world we don't have very big viewerships but it's not the the size of your your numbers it's more like the quality of people that you attract or the way that you're able to monetize um like I'll never make any money trying to sell what what's the comp I don't even listen to podcasts these days but you know the audible subscriptions or you know Harry's razors or whatnot because I, I just don't have the numbers right but right. boy is my my email list potent right we've purchased over 2.1 billion dollars of assets from investors that we've built a relationship using the podcast that's Absolutely. a lot of Harry's razors incredible incredible love this yeah so let's talk a little bit about you know um your coaching and your mastermind services do you mind just tapping into that so i have my whole audience kind of understanding exactly how you go about doing that and what you offer exactly yeah i mean we i'm a little bit different than most or i'm actually very different than most people in the real estate space um you know, I've always thought it was wrong, like in the real estate world where, you, you know, you get a, a guru seminar and then they trick people into buying the tripwire product at $47, then $2,000 product, dollar product, and then the $30,000 coaching and training program that's actually of some actually some tangible value somewhat. But, you know, like the way I've decided to do is just kind of give it all away for free on the website. Um, it's all out there. Um, really the way we've monetized because for high net worth investors, you don't find other peers at the local real estate club or, you know, online um, because a lot of those, those groupings are typically targeted to new people getting started or lower net worth investors. Now, typically wholesaling houses or flipping houses or maybe buying little rental properties on their own. Um, so I guess like, a byproduct of the podcast is that I was able to build relationships with and attract, you know, exactly that hard to find avatar. You know, most of our investors are, you know, like I said, have a net worth of a million dollars or more. And, you know, from an age standpoint, they're typically in their late forties, early fifties. They typically have family and they typically make multiple six figures, which means they're very busy. You know, these guys, they don't go to no happy hour after work because they have to come home and spend time with their family and they're busy. You know, that's, that's typically what the young guys will do who don't have the net worth, um, but have a lot of time on their hands will do. And also you add in the fact that a lot of our clients, they, they really want their privacy, right? You know, nobody's crazy enough to waste, wave their hands in the air saying I have a million dollars net worth that it just doesn't work like that. So, what we've been able to do is to create that, that, you know, fulfill that need for these guys to, you know, have live and virtual events for high net worth investors, just like them do filtering, a filtering process too, 
right? To get the right people in the room. Um, and also who have the right mindset, right? Abundance mindset where everybody's kind of giving right. back to each other. And, you know, we've been able to monetize that pretty successfully. Um, but, you know, I, I would always say like, you know, that's not really our biggest, you know, you know, way we monetize the podcast, right? The biggest thing for us is where the rubber meets the road, which is, um, you know, the operation of our apartment complexes. Incredible. Thank you for sharing, Lane. Now, when you made the pivot from, you know, I know that you still are an engineer, but when you made that pivot into investing more and, and really going all in on that, what was that like for you? Um, for me, it was just about time. Um, I, I'm a big believer in not quitting your day job. And, and I'm speaking to people who make over six figures. Right? Like if you, if you make over six figures, you probably went to some sort of college. You probably put in the, at the very least, again, like I don't think college is that great, but man, is it, you know, a lot of sunk costs in terms of effort and money into that. But if you're making, you know, six figures, you're also, you probably invested a little time and energy into progressing your career path trajectory. And it's hard to give that up. Um, you know, like, I must have spent maybe 10 years, 15 years trying to groom myself and position to myself to be in that job, getting paid that salary as an engineer. Um, that, you know, for most of our clients um, and like myself, it's probably better off to invest in real estate passively, you know, buy it with buy and hold rentals or syndications and private places, the passive LP partner, and to really identify what their highest and best use is, which is may or may not be um, to their chagrin of working at their day job. Um, some people like their jobs, but a lot of people don't. Um, and which I'm sure a lot of your audience will identify with. But that's, you know, I think that's where, like, if you're somebody who doesn't make that six-figure salary and above, then yeah, maybe it would make sense for you to jump ship and do the entrepreneur plunge. But, and again, most of my clients are the opposite, right? It, it makes more sense to stick stick out the job as long as they can, and then you know gracefully transition to retirement or a passive investor at that point. And that was kind of what my goal from the start. Um, you know, 2015, I had maybe 11 rentals at that point. I finally quit my job around I think 2018, 2019. I went full time into what we do today. Uh, it was really not because of you know, I think the reason most of my investors, they, they wait for a point when their passive in income replaces all their expenses and then some. But for me, it was more about bandwidth, you know, being the general partner on these real estate ventures. You know, I kind of felt myself kind of waving. Like, I mean, I'm literally at work with my Apple MacBook Pro, you know, swiping left and right to two, the two different screens, one being for W2 work and the other being for my real estate portfolio you know, at the time, you know, a few hundred million dollars of assets. Um, and yeah, that's just not, I, mean, I just felt a little bad and irresponsible, you know, when, you know, a lot of investors, they, you know, you know it's just not good to be working a side job. When you, you have that type of responsibility, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, 
I know that my episodes are quite short, Lane, and I just want to thank you so much for coming on today and sharing this valuable information with myself and my entire audience. Now, I just want to give you the next minute here to go ahead and talk about, um, you know, any any bits and pieces that we might have missed that you want to share with my li- my listeners, as well as the best way to connect with you if anyone in the audience is looking to reach out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm speaking to a lot of entrepreneurs. I mean, podcasts are a great way to build an audience. Um, although I would also say that it is a little bit of old technology and perhaps, you know, the, the land, grab, land grab has already surpassed. Um, I Today, I see people more using podcasts as more conversion tools than lead generation, if anything, because it is such a crowded environment and it's really hard to get the visibility to your podcasts. Um, but that said, you know, like if you're passionate about something and you enjoy doing it, you'll probably stick it out past episode 100 and keep going. And I think that will that that transparency will show through to your audience that your heart is in the right place. And then I think that's at least what kind of happened to me. Um, and then also getting past the 100 and 200 episode point two helps. But you know, it's, I think it's a great medium to, you know, kind of build that connection with people, but, you know, you've got to create your business around it and find ways to, you know, capture those leads and, you know, get them off of that virtual platform and, and, you know, build real relationships with people, not just one-sided conversations. Absolutely. Lane, what would be the best way for everyone to connect with you? Um, would it be through the podcast? Would it be your, your website, your email? Yeah, they can go to uh, simplepassivecashflow.com, check out the website if they're interested in learning more about real estate investing from a passive investor standpoint. Um, of course, the, the podcast is Simple Passive Cashflow, Passive Real Estate Investing. And then, yeah, check out the book, The Wealth Elevator. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lane, for coming on today and adding so much value, value, not only to myself, but the entire audience. Like I mentioned earlier, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to come on my show. Thanks. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on like Lane did today to talk about your business, what you're into, your unique business, and the podcast and, you know, any challenges and wins along the way that speaks volumes to my listeners. So please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on. Thanks guys. Catch you in the next one. Hey everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. 
All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.